VR was written off as a bust after consumer reaction to the first wave of headsets a few years back could be best described as tepid. But VR, AR, and smart glasses appear to be on their way back again. I'm Roger Chang, this is your Daily Charge. With me to discuss the future of AR and VR is CNET editor Scott Stein. Welcome, Scott. Hey, thanks, Roger. So first off, how was covering CS remotely last week like the rest of us? Uh, it felt like like wheels had come off some other plan, you know, which was <laughs> which was, you know, like the year before was known to be virtual and and the coverage and the stories felt geared towards that. This time it felt like triage, but it was interesting because <laughs> it felt like some companies still had some news to drop in there, uh, possibly even after the decision to go more virtual. Yeah, and there were actually a number of big headlines. We, we've talked about this on prior episodes. Before we get into some of the specifics, though, I'm curious, as you did cover things remotely, like what you uncovered from a thematic perspective uh, on the AR and VR front. Yeah, so one thing is that there are a lot of companies still gearing up into the space. That's not a surprise. You know, last year, at the end of last year, everything started going metaverse terminology crazy and sparked by Facebook's name shift. But even before that, a lot of companies had been planning to kind of do some next level moves in that space. Sony had been talking about its uh, VR headset for PlayStation 5 for a while. And it dropped a whole bunch more details at their CES press conference. And uh, Microsoft's been working in VRAR for a while. They all of a sudden announced a chip partnership with Qualcomm, which is another company that's been working in VR and AR for a while. So a lot of these companies are not coming out of nowhere, but it just seems that they're 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 pushing onwards and possibly you know uh, hitting some next level moves this year. Yeah, let's control to some of these announcements because Sony coming out with the tease for the PlayStation VR two, that was a surprise, right? Like, what did what did we learn from that presentation? Well, we learned all the specs, and those have been hinted at before, but they were laid right out there. Um, one thing that's interesting to me is that it has eye tracking. We have not seen eye tracking on a mainstream VR headset for the for everyday people, um, but also they showed a game based on the Horizon universe. Um, the resolution on the headset is really high. The, um, the specs sound really good. It's still tethered with USB-C cable, which we knew. But we don't know release date. We don't know price. So you got a lot of like, if, if you're really nerding out on VR, you can read about those specs, but a lot of people want to know games, price, and release date. Mm. And the Microsoft Qualcomm partnership, what exactly does that entail? And what does it mean for the AR field? Yeah, so uh, Microsoft's worked on these industrial, you know, business-focused AR headsets like HoloLens. Qualcomm has been uh, promising to push more into glasses that connect with phones for like everyday people. And there's supposed to be more movement on that this year. And you're starting to see some companies like, you know, Motorola is supposed to have something under the Lenovo um, umbrella. Um, you're seeing companies like Oppo and, you know, like Outliers and other interesting companies began to play around with this. I say outlier because you know people are wondering when Samsung will be making something, uh, what's going on with Google, what's going on with Apple. Um, and I think Qualcomm is, is kind of like laying some foundational work. So I get to like the Microsoft partnership with Qualcomm is that they, they confirm they're going to be working on chips for future smart glasses and it clearly are, are going to dovetail some of the Microsoft software stuff, which is like PC side. And the Qualcomm stuff, which is a lot phone side, 
So it sounds like this is Microsoft's move beginning to think about phone-connected glasses. And that's interesting to me because Microsoft doesn't have much of a phone game going on. Uh, Qualcomm does. Are they making these moves ahead of Apple's reported headset? Are they making these moves even ahead of maybe what Google might be discussing? I, I keep waiting for them to return to AR and VR. Um, it's just very interesting to me. And in terms of the idea of connecting your phone to a pair of glasses, like is, is it done wirelessly or is it, are you going to have like cables, physical cables? Like what have you seen so far of the, you know, of the prototypes or the early entrance that we've seen? Yeah. So again, that's something to be clear when it comes to smart glasses, VR really is here. And a lot of people I know are, are actually getting Oculus Quest 2s and finding there's a lot of stuff to do. AR glasses are kind of a mess right now. Like there's no product that you can point to that I would say like, you should get this. And so a lot of stuff is very experimental. Uh, a lot of times lacking in software or even in battery life or, or working with people's prescriptions. I wrote about that at the end of last year. I think right now people are just, you. what they are doing is they're able to finally put this stuff into a pair of glasses that's starting to look normal. But, but the next part is it would connect probably with USB-C cable with your phone at this point. And that's what Qualcomm's are doing. And then how long are you going to wear that for? Is it really replacing your glasses or is it some weird thing you're putting on your face for a while and then taking off? And then the final part really is the software. Like you expect that you'd launch all your apps on your phone and then put them on your glasses. But that, that relationship doesn't exist yet. Um, Qualcomm is starting to try to build this bridge with their software, but that's going to require a lot more players. That's easier said than done. Yeah. And the idea of walking around New York City with uh, you know, a pair of glasses that have a cable connected to a phone in your pocket, I feel like you're just you're just sort of asking to get mugged at that point. Like, I don't know, logistically that works from a, I, I understand like if you're doing it at home, but this is obviously not like an everyday, all day type thing, right? Not at all. And, and, you know, look at like Facebook's glasses they released last year, which were really basic, like kind of that audio and camera glasses. They're wireless, but, you know, like that's about the level that people have been at for like things that aren't tethered to your phone. They just kind of do a few basic things. And then what's the point? So what also, what's the point if you have a big cabled pair of glasses that you can't, you know, wear all the time comfortably, or are you just like tethering them as an extra monitor, like once in a while and why watching movies, that's interesting, but like on a transparent pair of glasses, I've tried that and it's got limited, like it's not going to replace a nice screen. So I think everyone's kind of striving to figure out how that's all going to work. So it is coming, but I feel like there's going to be a lot of things being thrown against a wall. Whereas with VR, I think there's a lot of headsets coming this year. Right. Well, staying on AR, because you mentioned there aren't really a lot of glasses you can point to as like the product you should get for AR glasses. But what did you see at this year's CES? Were there any other AR glasses that at least intrigued you a little bit about where this is all going? Uh, you know, a company, Vuzix, they make mm -hmm. like industrial uh, and business, you know, tools for with AR. They've done this for years. Uh they interested me only because they're showing, uh, they showed a pair of glasses called Music Shield that again, compared to years past, look a lot more normal. They still have thick arms, but they're using micro LED, uh, which is technology that you're hearing a lot about uh, in, that, in these industries, which is like a very bright 
uh, very small display that I think will, will make a big difference in VR and AR. They have that, but that's for, it's going to be monochrome and it's for, you know, factory floor and shipping type things. It's not like a everyday thing, but they are that, you know, they have the look of a, a kind of a standalone type of a device. Um, also, uh, this is all conceptual, but TCL uh, has announced they're working on their own AR glasses and the concept for them looks like the type that you might expect, but how do they actually get there? Like in the meantime, they have a, a more compact pair of glasses that I wore last year, which are basically like TV display glasses. Um, and they connect with a USB-C cable. So it, it's stuff like that that I've seen in, in a way, not, not a ton else, but it's the partnerships. Like to me, the Microsoft Qualcomm thing is big and that stuff, you know, flowing over. Um, are the main things that I feel like I saw. Okay. And, and I know a lot of the, the eyewear we saw, the discussions of the partnership, you know, our colleague Ian Schur made the observation that, you know, this might be companies getting ahead of a rumored pair of smart glasses from Apple. What do you think? I think so. I think it's also, it's like, what's interesting to me when Apple enters the landscape, like the, like the Apple watch, is also that the landscape is already accelerating before that. Like you had Android Wear that, you know, launched its watches and then Apple kind of like times it to figure out when everyone else is jumping in the fray and then kind of make a slightly late entrance to the party or, you know, and I think that that's, so it's not so much like, it's not Apple defining the landscape at all, but it's the timing of like, when's that expected person going to show up at the party? And, and so I think that that is very much a factor. Plus, it's such a consumer tech company, whereas others may be playing in the business space. I think there are companies like Google, I'm super fascinated when they're going to get back into this because they made Google Glass, they made Daydream VR, they had a literal VR platform. Then they went real silent. And I think in the, in the past, there are a lot of times where Google would also pop up with news when the industry heated up and shift to that. Could that happen again now? And same thing with Samsung. Samsung is a huge company that's already been in this space. And are they, where are they now? Like, why, why are they not in this space? Is it about to happen? So those are big questions I have about, like, are these companies all kind of playing their cards ahead of bigger companies entering the space? I think that's the case. The only one we seem to really hear about right now are these reports on Apple. We haven't heard anything about Samsung, really. Um, I mean, we have PlayStation VR too. We haven't heard anything about Google, but I feel there is a, there is a, a feeling in the air of companies kind of laying their cards on the table. Got it. And lastly, you mentioned this before metaverse, obviously one of the, the big tech buzzwords right now, um, it had been around for a while, but obviously we were talking about this, about this a lot more because of Facebook and their rebranding to meta. I'm curious, like how, or if you've, gleaned any kind of insight into what the metaverse might look like after seeing things at CES or, or if it's also just kind of a mess that's in early stages. It's kind of a mess in its early stages. <laughs> and I feel, I feel that there's so many, like you saw these, it's like a joke. So many companies are like throwing the word around everywhere oh, yeah. for everything. And it's happening like in news stories, it's hard not to fall into it. Um, I'm wrestling with it myself. And and because it, it becomes a name for the category that people seem to care about, but then it starts becoming this blanket for a lot of things. So 
I think that half the people want to do things that, that are like commerce. And then there's like, there's like crypto and NFT stuff. And then there's um, gaming and, you know, is this just a, a virtual world? Um, I, I think that you're going to, the whole cross-platform thing means that like everyone's still trying to make that part work. So like, how do you use a VR, AR thing with all the rest of your computer stuff and, or your phones? That's still a mess. And that to me is like the metaverse promise is that that won't be a mess. So I think of that as where, where it needs to go. And until people really answer that, like NVIDIA had, has these 3D creation tools called Omniverse, which also sounds opaque, but um, they're collaborative and they want that to be easy to use across apps. And I'll, I think that's the thing is just make it easy to use. That's metaverse to me. Not so much like building a virtual home filled with virtual things. All right. There's plenty to look at with Metaverse. Scott, thanks for your time. You can check out his story on CNET.com. If you have any questions, his support on Twitter at The Daily Charge or sign up for direct text messages from me by heading to cnet.co slash daily charge. And if you liked what you heard, please rate and subscribe to the podcast. It really helps us out. For The Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. Thanks for listening. <laughs>